0: Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. <laughs> I appreciate our worship team so much and all that they do and just setting the um, stage for us and even for the Holy Spirit, just inviting him to come and be with us this morning. Today's Vision Sunday and something we've been talking about for a while and so I'm excited about sharing with you just some things that, that God has been doing uh, in the river, at the river and uh, through the river, for the river and uh, it's just awesome to see God's hand at work. I believe that so far this has been a great year for our church, Amen. Hasn't the presence of God been good this year at the church? Amen? is not it been good for what God is doing? I believe there's just an excitement in the air. There's this sense that God is up to something and that we are just on the verge of seeing something phenomenal happen in the kingdom. And I just want to say to you this morning, thank you for being a part of that. Thank you for being a part of our church. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing. Um, God is on the move, and He doesn't move without people. And because of you and your faithfulness and your submission to Him and your willingness to obey Him, God is moving. And I just thank you for that. And I'm I'm just so glad. April and I are so thankful to be a part of a great church where God is at work and God is touching the lives of people. And I hope you feel the same way that we do. Amen. Let's talk about vision this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 29. I'll use this as my... my my base verse this morning, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. It says this, it says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Why do they perish? When we read that scripture, you know, you think, just because there's no vision, why would there be people perishing? I believe it's because of this. When there is no vision, there is no mission. When there is no, no uh, directive that is out in front, when there is nothing that we are looking down the road towards, when we are not uh, focused on trying to accomplish certain objectives, then there's no missional urgency to accomplish those objectives. And when there is no mission, there is no Christ at work in the body of believers. Without, Christ, without mission, Christ is not involved in the church. When there is no vision for the loss, when there is no vision for changing a community, then there is no mission. And when there is no mission, Jesus does not dwell. Jesus does not operate. And when He is not in operation in a building, there is no life in the building. And because there is no vision, people perish because of the lack of missional urgency and directives that come from Christ Jesus. I'll say to you every Sunday morning, There is a group of people that come into this house and we pray the Word of God over this church. The reason we pray the Word of God is because the pages of the Word of God are filled with the mission of Christ. It is our desire that this church eats, drinks, and sleeps the mission of Jesus Christ in these last days. We want life to flourish and for life to flourish there has to be mission and for there to be mission there has to be some vision. The vision of the river, if you want a concise way of saying it, is this. This is our vision statement, if you will. To be a values-driven, mission-minded church determined to pursue God's presence, transform lives, and share the love of Christ with Burt Burnett and the surrounding region. I believe that God has called our church to change and to transform Burt Burnett and this region. I believe that He has placed us here for such a time as this to do the work that he has called us to do. He has called our church to initiate revival and revitalization in churches in this community. One of the things that God has spoken to us through, you know, I feel like this, and just be honest with you, I feel like that we don't lack vision in this church. I mean, that's just my opinion because I feel like every week I am giving you pieces of vision. In the, in the message, that we're talking about winning the laws, we're talking about a community, we're talking about doing the things that Christ wants us to do. And so I feel like that each week you're getting pieces of the vision of what God wants us to do. And so one of these things that God has spoken clear to, clearly to me about and I have shared with you is that we are not only to seek to build the river, but every church in town. That's why I'm careful to say to you, each week when I say invite someone to church, not necessarily to this church, Let's put them in a place where they can be planted and flourish. Uh, Quite frankly, I'm tired of people jumping from this church to that church and to every church. If you go to another church, stay at that church. But if this is your church, then stay at this church. And so we want to put people where they can be planted and blossom and grow and be fruitful in the kingdom of God. We don't just want people that are going to be unsatisfied with being planted at the river. And so it becomes more important that we put them in the right place. And so it's not about building this church, but it's about building every church in town. It's about building a community. Our goal is to not be in competition with any of the other churches, but in partnership with those churches. Somebody ought to say amen to that. It's not about competition, it's about partnership. I want the Baptist to be the best it can be. I want the Methodist to be the best it can be. I want the abundant life to be the best it can be and every church in town to be the very best it can be. And I believe that God can use a church to change every church. And I believe He's given us the opportunity to be that church. Amen. Our vision can even be made simpler and that is this, it is to do two things and to do two things well. To obey the great commandment And obey the great commission. The great commandment is to love God and to love people. We can do that, right? I mean, we can do that. We can love God and we can love people. We can do the great commission. That's to go and find the lost and make them disciples. Four things that are the mission of this church. And that is to love God, love people, go find the lost and make them disciples. We're doing these things in a lot of ways already. Through our egg hunt, through investing in our Easter services in a big way, we spend a great amount of money and in investment during this time of the year because it is such a critical time where people are seeking and, and looking for a life change. They're open to the gospel more now than they are any other time of the year. And so we, we put a lot of investment in this time to try to do as most the most we can to reach people for God through our egg hunt, through Easter services, through providing Quality youth and children's services. I'm proud of our children and youth services. Well, I'm proud of them anyway, Brittany. Nancy, Patty, I'm proud of them. Now, I'm proud of our kids and youth services. We've been having 50 uh, kids on Wednesday nights. We've been having 50 uh, in the back on Wednesday uh, youth service. That's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. So we're doing a lot of things good and we're doing a lot of things right. We're doing a lot of things well. We're we're building our children's service on on Sunday morning. Through Celebrate Recovery and other ministries in this church, Celebrate Recovery is a tremendous ministry that helps to pull people out of their current situation and lift them to a higher plane of serving God. Whatever their struggle is, whatever their habit, hurt, or hang-up is, we have a means by which to bring them to freedom. And to deliver them out of the bondage that they're in. That is the work of the church. That is the work of our Savior. That is the work that Christ has given us to do. It's to bring people from where they are to where they need to be. Celebrate Recovery is a part of that. And so we're doing a lot of things well. All of these things that require a great amount of funding. And you know that. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. But they require a great amount of funding to be viable and to be successful. This year we're also partnering with Rural Compassion and uh, many of you were here when Kent Anderson came, and what a great service and great time that was and Rural Compassion and Convoy of Hope and uh, to meet the physical needs in our community as well. We're going to be able to do tremendous things through that partnership and so we're working right now on developing all of those um, going through the legal uh, parts of that and and just the uh, process of developing that relationship and building that relationship. But this fall, we're hoping to uh, have our grant ready for Tom's Shoes. And if you don't know what that is, this is what we're going to get to do. We're going to get to go into our elementary school. We're going to get to size every kid's foot. And we're going to get to order them a pair of shoes that we get to give to them. That's what we're, that's what we're working on. I and mean, that's phenomenal. That, that's 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 unbelievable, and so these are the things that we're working on backpacks that that we'll be able to get through Convoy of Hope and Rural Compassion food items, and just the list goes on and on and on. I could sit here all day and talk to you about what opportunities are available just through that. But those are things we are working towards that should come to fruition in the fall. What an exciting opportunity we have here! As a matter of fact, tomorrow I get to meet with Kent, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna meet for just a brief time and talk about some of these things and, and even start working towards setting up uh, a training and stuff for us during the fall. We're working to build strong community in our church, becoming a church of friends and not just a friendly church, taking it to another level, amen? We're working to build a culture of servant evangelism. We've, we, have, we have talked about that at length over the last six, seven weeks. And I hope that, that we are understanding that it is by demonstrating God's love that and doing the most loving thing in every situation that that we are doing the best we can for people and bringing them to Christ and that's the things that we're trying to instill and teach all of these things are missional urgencies in our church right now that are being worked on and are in the process of being fulfilled at some level we always need funding for these ministries to do them and to continue to do them better and that's that's no mystery that's no surprise that's That's nothing new. Where we need funding right now is in these areas. We're not seeing people come to Christ like we want to see people come to Christ. And there's a real reason for that, a real simple reason for that. Because we don't have enough visitor flow to see people come to Christ. We need to get people in the doors. We need to get people aware. Do you know that the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers? And so there's a lot of unbelievers that don't even know our church exists because the God of this age has blinded their minds. How do we lift the veil off of their eyes so that they can see? It's through advertising. It's through public relation pieces. It's through getting out in the community and peeling back those layers one, one loving act at a time. But it requires funding. It requires funding to do that. We're not having enough visitor flow in our church. Our church needs more exposure. I believe this about our church and I hope you feel the same way that that we are the best kept secret in Wichita County I believe we are the best kept secret in Wichita County here's what I believe and I should believe this I'm the pastor but I hope you believe this too I believe that I can't imagine anybody coming into this church experiencing God and not wanting to be a part of this fellowship of believers I can't imagine it and so what that says to me is we need to get exposure, we need to let people know that we exist and we're here and we're available and let them taste and see that God is good right here at the river. Through servant evangelism, we talked about that a little bit and we're accomplishing that in in certain ways, but we need to do it greater. There's things that we can do in our community that we're just not able to do because we're limited like providing meals to teachers and public servants, etc., providing resources to various groups in our community that show Christ's love, doing guest buy-downs, and, and the list goes on. I could, we, creativity is not a limited, uh, quanti- in limited quantity at this church. Our ability to execute those things based on funding to do them is the only limitation that we have. God is working in our children's ministry on Wednesdays and Sundays. We talked about that already a little bit, but it is limited... Growing and moving forward, it needs to be staffed. We have, we have volunteered staffed that position for the last five years, and for God knows how long before that. And it is time in our church where we need to staff that. Our adults have a pastor? Amen. Our, our youth have a pastors have pastors? And now our children need pastors too. But it takes funding to do it. I want my children to have someone that is dedicated to them. Amen? Amen. We need that. Our nursery needs to be remodeled and adjusted to accommodate more kids. You know, we have sometimes 20 kids in that nursery that is really set up to accommodate about 10. And so we need to expand it. And we've got a means by which to do that, but we just need it funded. Currently, we have no savings. And so should we be met with a crisis, we we would have difficulty. We need to establish a relief fund. And so all of these things are things that we are wanting to fund this morning through our vision campaign. Maybe it ought to be called a vision funding campaign rather than a vision campaign, because that's really what it is. But the purpose of the funding is to accomplish the vision and to do what God is calling us to do. People perish for a lack of vision. But listen to me this morning. Vision perishes because of a lack of funding. You can only do what you can do. Everything we do costs money. It's just the way it is. And I hate getting up here. My board will tell you that I hate getting up here and talking about money. I, I don't. I, there's a million other things I like to preach on, and that's not one of them. But I'm just telling you the bottom line is we are limited sometimes in doing what God is asking us to do because we don't have the funding to do it. That's what this vision campaign is all about. Let me shift gears here for a moment and take you to another passage of Scripture that God placed on my heart last night. And so if you'll turn with me to Joel chapter 2, verse 30, and let me just take a moment here to maybe create in you a greater spiritual urgency than even the things that I've talked about this morning. Joel chapter 2, verse 30. I don't think that there's ever been a moment in time where it has been where we have been more conscious of where we stand in God's timeline than now. There has never been a moment in the history of mankind where it is more clear where we stand in the biblical perspective than right now. Joel 2:30 says this. Listen. I will show you wonders in the heaven and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Now listen to verse 31. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Do you know what happened on March the 20th? We had a total eclipse. This is what the scripture is referring to right here in Joel chapter 2 verse 31. That the sun will be turned into darkness. This year we will have two more blood moons, what we call blood moons, and the moon will be turned into blood. We've already had two. We had a total eclipse. Now we're going to have two more. God is clearly defining for us where we stand in the timeline of history. If there's ever been a moment for the church to develop some urgency in their spirit, now is the time. If there's ever been a time where we are more clear about our purpose and our goal and where we stand in the timeline of history, it is now. And if that doesn't move you in some capacity, if it doesn't stir you in some way, then something is sadly wrong. Listen what it goes on to say in verse 32. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion in Jerusalem there shall be deliverance as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. Here's what I see happening right now in the timeline of history is that God is showing us signs in the heavens that clearly lay out for us where we stand. He's saying, look, this is the time, this is the season, this is the moment. If you're going to do something for me, now is the time. If you'll win people to the Lord, I will save them. If you'll go out and reach them, I will deliver them. I will do something great if you'll just move with me and so if nothing else I say to you this morning touches your heart let this move you today listen this is not about money coming into this church so we can be comfortable this is about the kingdom this is about advancing God's cause and God's plan in these last days amen and I'm asking you to move from from where you are and to take some steps of faith to step into the fray this morning To be that part of that remnant army he talks about here in the latter part of verse 32. That he is calling and he is equipping and he is stirring their hearts to move the people to do something in these last days. We are in a season of the miraculous. Where we will see miracles and things done that we cannot even begin to fathom. But God requires our obedience. He requires our energy. He requires our passion. He requires our involvement. And so I'm asking you today, please, let this create a great spiritual urgency in your heart and mind. I may come back to this verse a little bit later because there's so much in this passage in Joel 2. And I would just encourage you to read it right now because it is talking to us today. This is what God is doing today. This is what I've come to realize as pastor. Pastor. And this is the the bottom line today, is that for you in this room, what I'm really asking you to do this morning is this. I'm asking you to invest in April and myself as your pastors. I'm asking you to invest in the leadership of this church. I'm asking you to invest in how and where we're trying to lead this church. We've been with you for five years. Five years as your pastors. We're going on six years. You know us. You know our heart. You know what God is trying to do through us as your leaders. And today, April and I are asking for your help to do it. Our church is at a place where we need to invest in some of these other ministries and in some of these other processes to lift us to another level. There are people in this community that are dying and going to hell because there is no one to stand in the gap between them and their eternal destruction. I'm asking for you to help us to stand in that gap, to stand between them and their eternal doom and say there's another way and His name is Jesus Christ this morning. I believe that God calls a leader and I believe He calls a church to every single town. God has called us to pastor not only the river, but this community. And the river gets to be our base of operation. He has called this church to lead the change in this community. And today I'm asking you to let's fund the process. Let's fund the process this morning. When I was fasting and praying about this vision campaign, God spoke to me and said, during our fasting time, He spoke to me and said to ask Him for $50,000 in one-time gift, and $5,000 in monthly pledges. And can I just tell you this morning that God has already shown up in this process. We've already seen, before today, half of it come in on both accounts. Half of the money come in, and half of the monthly pledges come in. And so what we, our task today is simple. Our task today is easy. What I'm asking you to do is to fund the other half. I'm asking you to help us with the $25,000 this morning and the $2,500 in monthly pledges that is left. I'm asking you this morning to listen to God and to be obedient with what he says. God's going to speak to each and every person in a moment when I pray about what you're to do. And this is what the enemy will do. He'll immediately start helping you calculate why you can't do what God is asking you to do. And I'm just asking you today to be obedient. Don't, don't get the calculator going in your head. You do what God asks you to do and watch what God will do in the situation. Let me give a testimony already. April and I are part of the ones that gave in that first wave of offering. We got a notice in the mail just this last week that our house payment went from, uh, it, it dropped how much? Almost $200 a month. That's the kind of stuff God does. Almost $200 a month. I'm not a great figure, but that's $2,400 a year. And that's a pretty good return already on what we've sowed. And so I'm not saying God's going to do that for you or what He's going to do for you. I can't define that. Only He does. But I promise you that when you sow good good seed into good ground, God gives you a good harvest for it. And you're sowing seed into good ground this morning. I'm going to... Pray this morning, and I'm going to ask God to speak to you, and I'm going to ask you to pray along with me and be sensitive to him as he speaks. Father, I praise you, God, for your work, for what you're doing in this house today, God. I pray that, Lord, you would stir hearts and minds this morning. That God, you would just speak to each and every person that's in this place. Lord, you know what they're capable of, but, Lord, that doesn't even matter because you know what you are capable of, and that is far above exceeding anything that we could ever anticipate, or even understand in our minds, God. You are greater. And so, Father, I pray that today, Lord, as you speak to hearts and minds, that obedience would flourish, obedience would win the day, and that God's sacrificial giving would flow forth from your people, and because of it, you would honor them greatly with a blessing in their life. I pray, God, that ministry would be funded, that souls would be saved, that lives would be changed. And, Lord, in these last days, as we stand here on the brink of your return, that, God, you would help us to do the most we can with the time that we have. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Sure.